Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart in leadership. Let's lead well. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lead Well podcast. I'm your host today, Corey Bowie, and I'm joined here with my really, really good friend, my brother, uh, Jace Raby. How you doing, Jace? Good, man. How are you? Man, I am awesome, man. We are so happy that you are here today to just talk with us and share with us. It's going to be a fun time. Oh, time. I'm honored to uh, be asked. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Awesome. Well, let me just tell the people a little bit about who you are. Uh, Jace passionately creates international business that impacts people and the communities in which he serves. He shares the business philosophy of Henry Ford, who said, a business that only makes money is a poor business. His approach to business is to cast vision, explain the why, develop people, and give them opportunities to empower others and themselves. He loves God, he loves people, and desires to use venture to serve both. Currently, Jace is the president of Telero Global, a cashew processor in Benin, West Africa, and president of Universal Commodities, a U.S.-based brokerage firm. He divides his time between the U.S. and Benin with his amazing wife, Sarah, and their four beautiful children, man. You got a lot going on, my friend. I do. It, <laughs> it uh, sounds too busy to be true. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you are doing it well, man. So we're excited for you to just share how you're doing all of this. But just tell us a little bit more about yourself that maybe I missed. Yeah, sure. Um, so I have a few plugs, um, but a little bit of my background, um, yeah. you know, I graduated college um, and started my first company. Nice. So I've uh, I've only ever known craziness and chaos and starting businesses yeah. and that whole thing. And I, and I think a big motivation was probably I knew that I would be an awful employee. <laughs> right? I knew I knew I'd be a terrible employee. So there wasn't a whole lot of room but to yeah. uh, start my own thing. Okay. Um, so a few other things. You know, we um, we use businesses uh, really to drive kingdom work. Right. That's really, I'm passionate about using business as a catalyst to drive what God's doing. And one of the ways we do that, you mentioned a few businesses that I own, um, but we have a nonprofit, a ministry called Projects for Progress. So you can actually nice. visit it at, at projectsforprogress.com. Nice. Uh, that's run by my wife, Sarah. Um, but we do all types of community development work in Benin, West Africa. Um, the sole goal there is to really share the gospel. That's and dope. see people come to Christ. It's in a mainly Muslim area. Wow. Uh, so it is, it definitely has its challenges, but you know, we really believe you have to earn the right to share the gospel. And what I mean by that is, is developing, um, the level of trust, right? Okay. Develop the relationship. Jesus was relational. Right. So I think you need to develop that trust and then, and then you're able to be on a platform to, to, sh to impact somebody's life. So we do that. And, um, one more www dot beyond the nut dot com uh, beyond that, the nut beyond com. the nut dot com and I'll okay. get into it a little bit later but um, we're super proud of this it's it's our retail brand into the U S market hmm. uh, we're finally selling into the retail level so nice. anybody can buy the cashews that we're producing and it tells the stories of the farmers that we're working with and our employees and everybody so check it out we um, it has been um, something that's come to pass 10 years in the making. Wow. So we're excited about it. So beyondthenut.com. Beyondthenut.com. All right, people, make sure that you check that out. Well, let's jump into this a little bit, my friend. Um, so today we're going to be talking about servant leadership. 
you know, and especially servant leadership in the marketplace or in the business world. So when you think about that, I just kind of want us to start with this thought of just tell us a little bit about like hope and leading others by teaching them. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, as you mentioned on servant, servant leadership, we, uh, you know, leading, uh, really has to be earned, right? First and foremost. And, and what do I mean by that? Connection with, with the individual, with the person in the congregation or an employee or what doesn't matter. If you're right. a leader, it starts with connection. And I think what that means is uh, we talk about leading others and teaching people to fish, but you, those are easy things to say, mm-hmm. right? But if I want to teach somebody, that person has to first be open to being taught. Right. Right. And I think as humans, we're all naturally skeptical <laughs> just in general, right? Yeah. You're always skeptical. I mean, it's probably why, for, you know, for, for thousands of years, we actually survived because, hmm, should I jump off that? Or should I put my hand in the fire? Or should I do it? We're just right. naturally skeptical. Yeah. That's who we are. Yeah. And I think it, deciding who you're going to follow is, is no, no exception to that rule. I'll give an example. Um, you know, I was a terrible student, as, as, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, in college, but I love learning. Okay. So it's kind, of, it's kind of funny. I mean, I love learning. I'm a huge reader, yeah. but I was a terrible student. Okay. And why is because I found little value in the things that were being taught in my business. I got an international business degree. Um, this, let me be clear. It's not that I, I, I didn't value the people that were teaching me. Right. right? We're called to value everybody, and I, I value everybody as a human. Um, it's what's coming out of their mouth. Example, I had a management class uh, and we had note cards, little flashcards, and it was terms that you're going to use in business, right? Terms like um, EOB, right? What does that mean? End of business. <laughs> BAU, business as usual. Synergy, you know, these type of things that I'm sitting there reviewing my flashcards for my test and I'm thinking, I'm never going to use this. <laughs> like, I'm never going to use this. And here's the teacher who, He's been in the classroom for 30 years, right? right? Teaching about business. He's never been out of the classroom. Mm. So I didn't find value in what he was saying because I didn't, I didn't see him as credible okay. for what I wanted to do. Now on the other side of that shoe or the other side of that foot, uh, we, we had, um, Mr. Steve. Okay. He was Mr. an adjunct Steve. professor. Okay. He had no doctorate. He was an entrepreneur. He owned business after business and real estate and all these things. I never missed one of his classes mm. ever was there 30 minutes early every time just to see if I could get him and ask him questions. He would start the conversation or start the class by saying, here's what I did and here's what didn't work. Here's what I did and here's what didn't work. And don't do this because I've tried this a thousand different times. And I soaked it up because I saw credibility in the man because he had done what I wanted to do. He had been through it. He had been through it. Mm-hmm. So I think leading is first, you have to establish who that leader is, mm-hmm. right? So, so leading somebody and teaching somebody first really starts in, in, in developing that foundation, that baseline, that connection to say, I, I have the right to lead you, right? And you should follow me, follow me because. Hmm. So it's really just establishing uh, the trust factor with the people you're trying to lead by a showing them that there is relationship that you want to build. And B, there is experience behind this relationship that you can share with them. Exactly. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great, man. So what would you say is the single most important attribute of achieving success in business? Matthew 6.33. All right. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added to you. Yeah. And I think we could just stop the podcast right here. <laughs> and that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it really, uh, it, it is so much easier. And if you really get this, right, if you really understand it, it's so much bigger than just reading that scripture, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so easy to read. Just follow Matthew 6.33. The implementation of actually following Matthew 6.33 yeah. is huge, mm-hmm. right? And if you can get that, then the rest will take care of itself. If the first thing you do in the morning is Matthew 6.33, seeking God first with your time and prayer and journaling and reading the Bible, yeah. boom. If the you know a huge decision comes along in your business, if you seek God first, God, what what are you saying here? What should I do here? I'm my mind is finite, yours is infinite. Right. What should I do? What decision should I do? You have a problem with your marriage. You have a problem with your kids. If you seek God first, right? And it's a lifestyle change. And honestly, um, I don't always get it right. Yeah. You know, I absolutely don't always get it right. But if every big decision or every hurdle or every challenge or every crossroad is on your the forefront of your mind is, okay, I got to seek God first in this. Right. The rest will be added to you. And you will have success in business and life and marriage and kids and you name it. Because the, the beautiful thing about that scripture isn't seek first the kingdom of God and you'll get a big salary or right. seek first the kingdom of God and you'll have a good reputation mm-hmm. or seek first, you know, whatever. He leaves it so broad yeah. and open-ended that I say, well, geez, if he left it so broad and open-ended, then I can apply that to every facet of my life. Yes. Every business decision, every personal decision, everything. Yep. Seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added to you. Yeah. Growing up, that scripture especially like during college um, and post-college was like a, a mainstay in my heart, man. Cause um, especially with, I mean, I taught high school um, right after college and trying to help students and college students. I, I was a, a college mentor for a while, trying to help them decide what they want to do. And, you know, they look at all of these examples out in the world and, and, and just bringing them back to the point, like just seek God. That's all you got to do. He will make it very clear and very plain. He will add everything else that you need, regardless of how lofty it seems or how minute it seems. He will provide you with every single thing that you need on every level, man. So I, I think that's that's awesome. Well, I want to add that's a great point. You know, and 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 when you when you share that with people, I think that the message of the world also, um, you know, really comes right against that. I mean, and again, I I love education. I love learning. Um, uh, so I'm not knocking that, but you know, there's so many other things pulling for our attention. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get this MBA or if I study who's saying I need to do this and how to have success here. Right. And when things start pulling my attention away, I naturally drift away from the seeking God first. Okay. And I start listening to the world. And I think that to your point too, I mean, it, it drawing people back to that basic concept will change their lives and set them on a course and keep them on a course. Um, the, you know, that, that God has for him yeah. and every, you know, um, God knows the plans for us, plans to prosper, not harm us, plans to give us a hope in a future. Right. Um, but I believe that is based in Matthew six thirty three. Like we have to hear the voice of the father mm-hmm. to understand where we're going next. Right. And if we don't take the time to seek God first, then we're just stumbling around in the dark, you know, we're bumping into things. So with, with that thought in mind and thinking about, I mean, you own a cashew processing factory in West Africa, which is well beyond what I can even imagine <laughs> what that looks like or the day-to-day of that is. And then you own a U.S. Uh, commodities brokerage firm, right? So thinking about that concept, 
Um, how are you able to take what you have learned, what you know, thinking about your employees or, or the people who work for you or that you work with, um, not only at your company or the farmers. I mean, you mentioned like a whole community. How are you able to take what you've learned and quote unquote, teach others how to fish, Mm -hmm. you know, so that they can take care of themselves. Like as a leader, how do you do that? So to speak. Yeah. And luckily for me and for any of us, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. So it's <laughs> not you, Jace. Well, it's exciting because <laughs> I don't have to overthink it, right? Yeah. Because the model has been laid out, yeah. right? It's it's called servant leadership. Uh, and the greatest model there is Jesus. Right. You look to the Bible and you have a play-by-play yeah. of how to be a servant leader. There's no, I wonder what a servant leader does in this situation, or I wonder what that means. Just read the Bible. Right. Just read the Bible. Again, you want the greatest. MBA program, you want the greatest education, you want the greatest business degree you can, mm-hmm. read the gospels. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want, uh, you want an MBA, you want to keep going, read Proverbs. Proverbs all day. You know, 15, gosh, is that many years ago? 15 years ago, um, I got great advice uh, from a mentor. Um, he's gone, he's passed on, but uh, to read, there's 31 Proverbs, you know, in the book of Proverbs. Right. And there are 30 to 31 days a month. Read one proverb a day. So if it's the first, read the first. If it's the second, read Proverbs 2. If it's the third of the month, read Proverbs 3. I've done that for the last 15 years. That's great. And it's changed. I do it today. I mean, every day. So whatever today is, that's the proverb I read. So, um, yeah, I think so. So we already have the model there. So how to teach people to fish, how to lead. I just kind of, I mean, I I get to plug and play this thing. You know what I'm saying? I get to look at the scriptures and say, okay, how did Jesus handle this in this situation? How was he a servant leader in this? And I just get to apply that to the situation I'm in. Mm -hmm. So it really is, um, you don't have to overthink this thing. And I think that the problem with business today uh, is everybody, every leader is searching for the newest and the greatest and their identity and how do I separate myself out as a business guru and Mm -hmm. this whole concept of being an entrepreneur where today in this generation, that's exciting and that's fun and that's kind of hip and trend to do. Right. But being an entrepreneur, I'm telling you, I mean, is one of the hardest things I've ever done Yeah, because it, it is constant second guessing. It's constant stressing. If I'm just being honest, it's worry. I know we're not called to be worried, yeah. but, but it's, it's all of those things wrapped up. Yes. Right. And, and the thing is, you know, I always chuckle if, if somebody ever comes to me and says, well, you know, Jace, business isn't personal. I always laugh. And I, my response in a very polite way is then you've never owned a business because business is nothing but personal. personal. Yeah. Because I pour my, my life my work, my stress, my worry, my time, my energy, love, my blood, my love, everything into that. Yeah. Everything into that. So to say business isn't personal, you obviously have never started your own business. Right. So again, feeling called to, to, to start my own businesses requires that I really lean into the one that can show us how to run it. Right. And, that, and that's really leaning into God and saying, yeah. God, you've called me to do this. Listen, I know I'm not supposed to have worry and stress. So inherently there is all that in it. So I need to lean in and push into you more. If this is going to have any, any, any idea of success. Right. Right. So I think that's um, really what I try to model for all of our employees. You know, we have over, 
oh gosh, we have right around 650 workers, you know, and um, it is a daily struggle, but I know that the only way I can lead well is to be a servant leader. And the only way I can do that is if I spend time with God, who Jesus was the greatest. So let me dig into that just a little deeper. Like, so what about just like, even on the practical level, you know, like when you have, okay, you have 600 workers, but then you have like supervisors and I'm sure managers and things of that under you. Like, what are some of the, like maybe one or two really practical things in which you're doing with them specifically, you're doing with them specifically to help them to be better leaders, almost even remove yourself from it because you know what you've walked them through to help learn certain, you know, uh, practices. Yeah, sure. Um, one big one, uh, we don't use titles. Ah. Um, I'm a firm believer that, uh, titles create entitlement. Ooh, that's good. And, um, we don't use, if you look at my business card, uh, you know, it just says my name. Yeah. Right. Nobody would know I'm president of the company. We, we, we have, I mean, it's not people aren't just bumping around in the walls and, you know, they don't really know what they're doing. They have their <laughs> right. jobs and, yeah. and we do, people, I mean, have their, con- their worker contracts and they do state, you know, what they do. Mm-hmm. But in general, we don't push titles. Yeah. And I've never been one to say or to teach Okay, do this because I'm this, right? Mm. Do this because I'm president. Do this because I'm section leader. Do this because fill in the blank, right? Right. It is practical ways, again, goes back to what I was talking about in the beginning. Um, You have to earn that right to be followed, right? And it really comes back. The the person that you're trying to engage with, I mean, my employees, Mm -hmm. right? They need to first see it, see me, that I am in it win it. Like I am all in. I, I am all in. Like yeah. there, there will not be a greater employee mm-hmm. than myself. Right. They need to see that I am willing to do whatever it takes, right, to make the company successful. Right. Because when they see that and they they see that I'm bought in fully, then that starts to buy them in. Yeah. You know, I mean it, it is I think there's a common mistake, you know, people make, especially business leaders, um, that, man, I love this company so much. Why don't other people love it as much as I do? Well, they're never going to. It's your baby. Right. Right. But use that to your advantage. Know that they will never love it as much as you. Okay. So we're not called to make them love it as much as we are because that's never going to happen. Yeah. They're always, there's always a separation between if they're making a paycheck and I'm the ones that are signing the paychecks, we will always be different in mm-hmm. terms of how we view this company. Yes. Okay. But my job now as a leader is I have to raise the bar, right? If I raise the bar and I become a model employee, okay. And they're to follow me, then that means I'm getting a better employee. So maybe they're not going to love the company as much as I will, but if I'm pulling them up, then yeah. they're going to be a better and better and better and better employee. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. When you, you know, take time to go down to, you know, a worker level and do something that most people would not expect the owner of a company to do. And you, you know, roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty. It, it, it speaks volumes to the people who are following you. Like, wow, this guy is so passionate about what we're building here that he's willing to do it himself. So that makes me want to follow him and do it with him. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, it's man. almost like you 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 have my notes because my number one point is don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> Maybe I just need to turn this over no, to you. No, man, I didn't even know that. That's that is awesome. So, so since you mentioned those those notes, or you talk about these seven characteristics that you have, why don't you share those with us? Well, you've already introduced the first one, so I'll just repeat <laughs> it. Uh, no, but that that is it's probably one of my um, favorite examples or characteristics that I use is, is servant leadership. Because yeah. thing about servant leadership too, you have to be intentional, yeah. right? You look at Jesus. I go back there. Okay. He had a ministry for three years. Okay. You talk about being intentional. Yep. I mean, that dude had three years and he has changed the world. world. So there was no, not that he was just minute by minute, minute by minute. And I'm not talking about that because he took time to have relation with people, but he was intentional in every single thing he did. Right. So as a servant leader in these seven points, these are very intentional. So, I mean, the, the first one, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Okay. Uh, and what I mean by that is the point you just made, right? It is, there's such a, a, a misconception that as you, as you gain, um, influence is you gain responsibility in an organization. That means you can do, you don't have to do these quote unquote trivial tasks. Mm -hmm. Right. And when a leader uh, really takes that mindset and applies it, then that's kind of the, the, the start of his end, right. Gotcha. Of whether his, his, you know, uh, affiliation with the organization or the, or frankly, probably the organization itself, Yeah, you know, um, Again, I'm I'm the leader of our cashew factory, right? I started it, you know, with uh, a few other guys, and a few very intentional things that we did in in West Africa. There is this concept of um, the patron, right? Patron means the boss. Okay. So everybody is there to serve the boss. First office, the first building to be built, is the boss's office. Mm. You know, the nicest the First air conditioning unit to go in is in the boss's. He's there to be served, right? right? And we knew culturally that that's a, a challenge in West Africa. What we did intentionally was I, um, uh, I have I didn't build myself an office, nor did I build our director an office. I worked literally from the lunchroom for the first four years of the company. Wow! People saw me working, cranking away on my laptop in 110 degree weather times, you know, if it got hot. Wow. And, um, but we did that intentionally. Things like two or three days a week, I would go and serve food because we provide two meals a day. Right. And we would go and serve lunch. They oftentimes, I'm out there outside picking trash. I walk around the perimeter of probably once a week, I walk around the perimeter of Tolero and I'm just praying and picking up trash. And wow. people see that. You know, it, it is... If, if somebody, you know, I backfill people, if somebody's sick and that, you know, and, and I've cut cashews, I've literally been, when we used to do manual processing, we do all, it's all automated now. Yeah. But I used to be on the line cutting cashews. Right. So, so it is, it's, in, it's being intentional to say, okay, your job is as equal as mine is. It's, it's important as mine. Is. I really believe that, you know, I mean, Okay, let's take a janitor, for example. We know a janitor is on the low man of the totem pole. We, we yeah. say that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't believe that at all. Right. Because if he weren't there, then we would be in a messy man. situation, right? So and now real. from a food processing standpoint, Oof. our guys that are cleaning, keeping the level of hygiene at the top level are, in my opinion, probably the most important cogs yeah. in the wheel, yep. right? So when I get and pick up trash, it validates them and they say, wow, 
he's out here picking up trash and it shows the importance of their job. And right. then they take pride in it. Yeah. Okay. That's that number two on. <laughs> I hear the passion, man. It's I, I, so do, I, I do. I do. <laughs> All right. Number it two. Up. Um, this kind of ties in. So no job. And I, I, well, this is good. I already kind of addressed it. No job's too good for you. No job's Again, and I talked you. about sweeping floors. Yep. I do that all the time. Okay. Right. Not that I want to. I mean, who really wants to sweep floors? Right. I mean, yeah. there's, it's not, I'm not passionate about sweeping floors, but I do it because it needs to be done. Right. And it also shows every worker that's going to look at me because you know, management leaders were in fishbowls. Right. Right. People are. They're, they're analyzing every, don't think that they're every action that you do, every word that comes out of your mouth is not being scrutinized a oh, hundred times. It definitely is. So no jobs too good for you. Number okay. three, ask questions. Ask questions. Uh, that's probably one of my biggest strengths, I would say. Um, I quickly realize that I don't know it all. And to pretend you know it all, what's the point? Who am I trying to impress? Mm-hmm. If maybe I worked for somebody else, then I could play the whole game of trying to act smarter than I really am. Right. I don't have the time or the luxury to put on airs. So right. if I don't know it, then I ask it. That's great. And, and I think that we, um, we've missed that whole, um, the, the, the whole ability to be able to ask questions and still feel comfortable in our own skin. We've turned into asking questions shows weakness. It really doesn't. Asking questions uh, signifies and shows actually strength that, listen, I'm confident enough to be able to say, I have no clue. So help me understand this. Right. Um, number four, number four, write down your plans, write it down. Make Proverbs it 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm. Boy, that is a life verse for me. Yeah. Um, you, you write down your plans and you, you write down the plans of an organization and you cast that vision. Yeah. Like I literally have, the vision and the mission and who we are as a company posted everywhere on all types of walls, on buildings and bathrooms and the kitchen, everywhere. So people can read the plans and the purposes of our organizations. That's good. They can capture the vision because when they, they capture the vision, they read, because oftentimes when you write down, not often, it's always when, when the leaders, the owners of the company, when they take the time to write down the vision and the mission, all they're doing is they're pouring out their heart, right? Because I'm not doing this just because of whatever. Like I've been given a vision and a mission and a plan and a purpose to do this. So when you put that down, it allows other people to really connect with a leader, yeah. connect with the owner and say, wow, okay, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. I'm not just here cutting cashews, right? I have, it's probably four feet tall letters on the walls on two ends of our walls. And it says for every cashew processed is a step towards the development of Benin. Mm. And then on the other side is our greatest reason here is to provide the best cashews in the world. And it bookends us. And that's always the mantras of why we're here. Yeah. We're, we're bigger than just processing cashews. Right. We're here to develop people. We're here yeah. to develop a country. We want to be known for who we are. Yeah. That's good. Um, the number five, um, I take this after Apostle Peter. Okay. Recognize and embrace failure in yourself and your workers. Recognize and embrace failure in yourself and in your workers. Okay. Exactly. Um, I mean, look at Peter. I mean, that guy, he, he constantly mouthed off. He constantly did this. He's, I mean, one of the biggest, I mean, I feel awful for him, but he's denying Jesus. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah. he's buddy-buddying on him a second ago, and then he's yeah. getting accused. Well, you knew this guy. And- but look how he handled that. Like, 
and look, and Jesus met him where his failure was, right? right? Because the story could have gone, think about it. It could have gone in two different ways, right? He denied Jesus. He denied Jesus. He denied Jesus. Jesus looks at him. He sees, he realizes, oh my gosh, I have denied the savior. Everything I've spent for the last three years, I just, just, just put him out the pasture. Right. He could have run into obscurity, right? Think about it. He could have just cashed out and said, I'm a coward. I have no courage. I whatever. And he could have checked out and he could have went into obscurity and we would have never heard about him anymore. Right. But God met him in his place of failure mm. and he met himself in the failure. And what did he do? I mean, at Pentecost, I mean, he saves 5,000 people, right? Right. And, 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 and millions of people, hundreds of millions, billions of people know who apostle Peter is today because he embraced his failure. Mm. Right. I do the same thing with business, right? It's, I always tell our workers, try something. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Then we know that it didn't work. Um, I have a wonderful quote. So Thomas Edison, obviously we know invented the light bulb. Um, he was interviewed by a, a reporter. He had been working on this thing for like two years, okay. developing this light bulb. And we haven't seen the light bulb beforehand. So this is a brand new invention. Right. And he came and said, if he felt failure and if he was discouraged up until now. Now, perplexed, you know, looking back at the reporter, he said, why would I feel like a failure? Um, and why would have I ever give up? I now know now 9,000 ways n how not to make a light bulb. <laughs> right. Okay. And how it won't work. Right. So success came to him in his 10,000th try. Right. So you look at it. I mean, imagine if he would have given up and after that reporter said, well, don't you feel like a failure? No. I just know how not to make a light bulb now 9,000 different ways. That's great. It's the same thing. So yeah. we embrace the failure and try something new because when you get outside yourself and you risk the courage to try something, yes. it's, it's going to work or it's not going to work. I, I have no idea, but we're trying it. We're not staying in the same mold. You're breaking through. I'm with that, man. Um, and you probably hear it in my voice. Number six, if it's not your passion, it's not going to work. If you are not, I, I, that, that's self-explanatory, yeah. really. And everybody listening now, they know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are not passionate about it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And I'm not saying it can be, you can be passionate about selling cars. If you're passionate about selling cars, it's going to work. Right. You can be passionate about washing dishes, right? And I'm serious. I mean, there's people that, that love to work in restaurants, yeah. right? If you're passionate about that, it will work. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not passionate about it, put a bow on it, right? It's done. I mean, there, there's no sense to keep pushing back on that. Again, I look back at Jesus. Jesus was the most passionate, right? I mean, he was on the earth with a purpose, with a passion yeah. to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. We have to do the same. Lastly, build with purpose. That's good. Uh, build with purpose. You know, there is, um, I think there's a common misconception uh, about building an organization um, based on results, right? Mm -hmm. You need to build an organization based on significance, right? And I think that's important to distinguish the two because you can have results without actual success and significance. You can. Yeah. I can make money. Yeah. You know, the, the company can be profitable uh, and that's a result. But really, it, it, we're called to build with purpose, mm -hmm. right? You want to build for the eternal. I go, again, I go back to Jesus in the sense he didn't just, this wasn't three years that he was here and, you know, he was gone and he just checked off a box. No, right. I mean, he built with purpose. I mean, look what he did. Look, I mean, we're talking about Jesus today, thousands of years later, 
right? So you build with purpose and be intentional about creating an organization that seeks for significance and impacting people's lives and the results and results, whether that's money, whether that's whatever, that will follow. Money will always follow significance. It will always follow somebody that is dedicated to building something with a purpose. Anyways, that that's is, my seven. That is good. So just real quick, just recap, just shoot off those seven, seven again. real quick. Yeah, just okay, hold on. So you had number one. Number one, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid. Number two, no job is too good for you. Mm-hmm. Number three, ask questions. Number four, write down your plans. Number five, recognize and embrace failure in yourself and your workers. Number six, if it's not your passion, it's not going to work. And number seven, build with purpose. Mm. I think just hearing those again, you know, back to back, the the three that really stand out to me is no job is too good for you. Um, Recognize and embrace your failures. Uh, Man, me and a lot of other people probably need to apply that right now. And then just building with purpose. Mm. I mean, you can take those three and probably start something great and it'd be successful. If those are the, the main three that you go with, I think that just pours so much into people right now. So the last question, we are just about out of time. The last question I do want to ask you is quickly, what do you think is one thing, <laughs> one thing a leader can do, a leader could do today to become a servant leader? Um, kind of already, I feel like, I feel bad as I've already kind of said it before, okay. but I'll repeat it. Yeah, reiterate um, it. You know, this, and it's a, you know, for me, this is a universal truth, whether, whether whoever's listening, whether you're Christian, you're not Christian, whether you're another religion, atheist, whatever. Um, I still say, uh, Matthew six thirty three. I go back to it, right? You know, if you know, if you're not a Christian, obviously you're not going to be seeking God first, right? Mm-hmm. But I would encourage you then to really just meet God in that place, right? And say, God, I don't know this. I don't know, but but I believe you're supernatural. And maybe you don't even believe he's supernatural. Mm-hmm. He will meet you if you're earnest to mm-hmm. understand a higher power. And that yeah. higher power's name is Jesus. That's good. Um, for the Christians out there, um, again, I go back to Matthew 6, 33. It's a life verse for me, um, but it's too easy just to read it. You know, you need to apply it in every area of your life. So you want to be a great leader, whether in the business world and ministry, in your family, with your kids, it doesn't matter. Seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added to you. And there you have it, folks. (laughs) Wow. Jace, man, that was so good. Thank you so much. So much was poured out in that time and I hope you all got it. Um, I just want to remind the listeners to to check out any other uh, studies that we have available or any other episodes at leadwellpeople.com. And for additional resources, you can find all of that there, like articles and other videos. Make sure that you follow us on IG at leadwellpeople and make sure that you check out Jace and his amazing company, Tolero Global. And what the, the beyond beyond the nut beyondthenut.com. Learn a lot more about what he and his family are doing for the community of Benin and the world at large. Jace, we thank you so much for for being here, bro. Awesome. Thanks, Corey. I appreciate it, man. No worries. Take care. (laughs) Uh We'll see you next time, Leadwell. Well.